Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cherry Tribune. This is season two. I'm your host, Sam Cohn. Alongside me today, I got Mike Zingroni. And Camille Simmons is joining us, representing Temple Fencing. She's going to tell us all about her photography. We had a lot of fun on this one. So I really, 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 really hope you enjoy it. Camille Simmons, welcome to Cherry Tribune. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. Mike Zingroni, back in studio. It's been a while since I know it's here. been a while. I'm, I'm happy to be back. I think it's the first time this semester I'm actually sitting down in the studio doing a podcast with you, so I am happy to be here. Season two. Glad to have you. So, Camille, let's just get right to it. Um, you're a senior yep. from Bel Air, Texas. Did I pronounce yes. that right? Yeah, Bel Air. Not, not to be confused with West Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, flipped it. I didn't go from Philly to Bel Air. I went from Bel Air to Philly. Perfect. There you go. So how did you end up in North Philly? Let's start there. Um, Obviously, like, I came here because... You know, I saw the Fresh Prince, and I was like, whoa, Philly. No. Um, <laughs> it lined I, up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. No, I came here because of fencing. There's not a lot of fencing schools in the South, and I've been fencing for a really long time. So when I started looking at colleges, Temple was one of the ones I looked at. I actually first looked at Temple because cherry, like maroon, is my favorite color. I was like, ooh, look at this school. How yeah. are you going to look in the uniforms is a huge question. Oh, yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> fencing uniforms are all white, so you got to look at, like, the school colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was, like, 16 when I started looking at colleges, and so okay. I was like, ooh, favorite color. What mm-hmm. other schools did you look at? Uh, I looked at Penn State. Don't, like, boo me on this. <laughs> um, I looked at Notre Dame, Ohio State. What else? I looked at University Incarnate Word because, like, there was mm-hmm. a potential of maybe I want to stay in Texas, and that's the only school, like, in Texas that has fencing. Um, and then when I started meeting with coaches and I started coming on my recruitment visits, I came to Philly and it was like love at first sight. I remember I like landed at 11 p.m. on my recruitment visit on like a Friday. So everything's super dark. You don't really see anything. I just see the skyline. And I was like, mm. I love it. This is it. And my mom was like, you haven't like seen the school. And I was like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I don't need the school. Like, this is okay. So it was just a Philly skyline. Yeah. And it it was because, like, it was all lit up, and you have the river. Because, like, the skyline in Houston's pretty nice. It's pretty big. But mm-hmm. we don't have a river. We have a bayou that, like, goes on the outskirts of the city. Yeah. But you have this beautiful river. Like, at night, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You don't see that it's actually green. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, like, the skyline, just, like, the city atmosphere. Doesn't compare to that gorgeous Philly skyline. Nothing like yeah. it. So what are some of the biggest differences you've noticed from Texas to Philly? I'm sure you could rattle off 100, but... There's not that many because Houston is the fourth largest city in America mm-hmm. and Philly, I think, is like fifth or sixth. So like Houston's actually a little bit bigger. OK. Um, I'd say public transportation. We we have public transportation in Houston. No one uses it. Mm-hmm. It's like in the medical center, really. So only like the people that work in downtown in the medical area use it. So like I live in kind of a suburby area. Bel Air is like Houston maps are weird. If you look it up, mm-hmm. it's like. Houston's the circle, and within the circle of Houston, there's, like, these random, like, spots that aren't considered Houston. Yeah. So that's where I live. So, you okay. know, like, you go, like, 15 minutes any direction, you're in Houston, but, like, where I am is we have our own mayor, we have our own, like, police department, you can't gotcha. vote for the Houston mayor, and it's, like, we don't get it. But, um, so where I live is kind of, like, suburban. You have to drive everywhere. We don't have snow, so snow is... I mean, when was the first time you saw snow? I mean, I grew up traveling like with fencing sure and our season is like october through february so like you see snow when you travel so it wasn't like i got here i was like oh my god 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I have seen snow before. I remember there was one time I went to a World Cup in Sweden. And, like, oh. if you ever seen a fencing bag, like, they're huge. Mm-hmm. And my best friend is, like, 5'2". So this bag is almost, like, her size. And we're walking through, like, two feet of snow. And you just turn around and you just see her, like, struggling <laughs> to carry this bag, like, through all this snow. And I'm just, like, you know, like, 5'8". And I'm, like, cool. Have fun. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I never lived in snow though. Mm-hmm. I still haven't had to shovel snow, so I love snow. Fortunate, yeah, I know. very fortunate. Very fortunate. Every time someone's like, "Oh, snow," and I'm like, "I love it," and they're like, "Do you shovel it?" I'm like, "No," and they're like, "Explains yep. it." You get the good parts of it, and none of the bad parts of it. You don't have to deal with your car being all icy. And yeah, or shoveling your parents' stone driveway. <laughs> <laughs> never done that. <laughs> Things like that. So let's get a little into uh, into fencing, I guess, for starters. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most of our listeners, including myself, Mike knows a little bit, a little know bit. very little about the sport of fencing. So, <laughs> so can you give us a quick like crash course for dummies, just very briefly on like how fencing works? Okay. Set the stage for us. I, like, I'm gonna get criticized if I mess up. Everybody um, says that. Everybody that comes on this show and I ask them to talk a little bit about what they do very specifically, they're like, I'm going to get so much beef if I don't if I don't get this exactly right. Well, it's like when you do a sport, like a lot of sports, there's like certain like positions on a field or like with mm-hmm. fencing, there's three different weapons. So when you like, you know, like your one specific weapon and then like you try and explain like another position, a different weapon. Talk to us about yours. Okay. Well, I'll like, give you an overview. Okay. Um, so fencing is three different weapons, foil, epithelium. Ep- I even messed up my own weapon. <laughs> foil, epi, and saber. So foil historically was like the practice one. I almost said dummy, like the practice dummy. But no, it's like was your practice weapon. So whenever you train like in old like musketeer times, you would just aim for your torso. Mm-hmm. So that like the chest and like the neck, that's where foil is. So when you watch fencing now, you see people wearing like a little silver like vest. So the target is just like chest, flank, neck area but the arms legs they're off limits then you have epee which is your dueling weapon which is what i do target everywhere historically first to draw blood would win so that's why like the targets anywhere like as Mm -hmm. long as you draw blood you win and then saber historically was what you would use on a horse so you can slash but your target on a horse like you don't want to hit the horse so your legs are off limits so when you watch saber now i can't think of words when you watch Saber now, it's waist up, so it's like the silver and the arms. So you can hit arms, mask, and you can slash, which is pretty cool. Because like when you're on a horse, you're not really poking. You're kind mm-hmm. of like slashing at your opponents. Mm-hmm. So personally, I think Saber is the most entertaining to watch because it's super fast. It's kind of crazy. Like You don't really know what's happening. Like I don't know what's happening. I've been fencing for 14 years. Still don't know what happens in Saber. I'm just like, oh, that was so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Epe is the only one where both opponents can hit at the same time and both people get a point. Okay. So that's like with Epe, I'm just like, oh, just follow the lights. Like a light goes off, a point happens. And then Saber and Foil is a right of way. So I think it's, my coach is going to listen to this and be like, you don't know the rules. <laughs> um, it's like whoever starts the attack. I think. I'm sorry. So like whoever, so like whoever moves first, basically. It's like, like with your arm, I think. Mm-hmm. Right that's of okay. way. Yeah. That, that's the thing. There you can you Google go. it. So the Epe <laughs> is the one that you're trying to draw blood first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't draw blood in modern times. Okay. That, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. going to yeah, ask. No, no, no. That, that's just like the historical rule. Yeah, like, yeah, Epe yeah. was just like, if you were doing a duel and you don't like actually want to kill your opponent, it's like the first one to like draw blood. And mm-hmm. then when fencing became like a sport and you stopped trying to kill everybody, before it became electric, the way they would do it is they would like dip the tip of the blade in like ink or something that would make a mark and so on the ah. white jacket like you'd see a mark and you'd yeah. like, oh point mm-hmm. and I guess like you would scrub it off or like hide Smart. 
I don't know how yeah, it worked. Something like that. So what drew you to like did you choose to be Epe or did oh, you no. no? I didn't even choose defense. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well let's okay. start there. Yeah, let, yeah let's we're start in, there first. Start, we're gonna go all the way back to like you know fourteen like, years ago. Yeah. I was, you know, young Camille. The summer, going into third grade, you know, yep. really had my all the way back. It was a rainy yep. Tuesday. It was, no, it was Houston summer, so the yeah, was, summer, so it was hot. Yeah, it was hot, sweaty. muggy. Yeah, you don't want to be outside. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she's Russian. She immigrated to America when she was like sixteen, and so she just like has something against American sports. So I'm really sorry to anyone who does American sports. And she pretty like, much everyone that's also, ever come on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And like it's crazy because I'm from Texas, so like football is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. But she was like, no football. No baseball, no. I, she like wasn't against basketball because my grandpa loves basketball. But she like the two like main American sports. She didn't want my brother doing. Like I obviously couldn't do it. So I tried soccer. I didn't like running when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I tried soccer again like later on. I was like, wow, this is so yeah. Not fun. A, not a lot of us like running, so like that's why I, that's specifically <laughs> why we're here specifically. <laughs> yeah. Like love sports, don't like running. Yep. Um, and so then I did gymnastics. And I was just like a tall kid and I was kind of a round kid. And my mom was like, you know what? Gymnastics isn't for you. You're just like, you don't have the body type. And I was like, whoa, ma- mom, what? Trying to put it nicely. No, but then I like looked at pictures and I was like, yeah, I was like, I was a pudgy kid and I was really tall. Like at mm-hmm. that age, yeah, like you tall. could just tell I was going to be too tall for gymnastics. You know, like it's second grade. It's not, I'm not committed for life to this yeah. sport. And then my brother's best friend fenced. My brother was like, well, what about fencing? And my mom's like, all right, go. <laughs> did not like it for the first like three years but because my mom kept asking me she's like i think this was until like high school she's like well, do you really want to like do you want to quit if you want to quit like it's fine and because she asked me that i wouldn't quit i was like no mm-hmm. i'm i'm doing it yeah because you feel like you let her down in a certain no, like it was just stubbornness it was that, like i yeah. wish i could be like i didn't want to let her down i was just like no you asked me so i'm not quitting it's quite i got you story. i got you yeah i know so where did you first fence like did you go to like private lessons were there teams around you um so Basically, anywhere outside of Jersey, their only way to fence is through clubs. So it's like a private club. So you go, the way I started was like a summer camp for beginners, which we like, no one knew what they were doing. Like thinking back at it now, it was kind of funny because I also like ended up coaching those camps like later on. And I look at these kids, I'm like, oh my God, I was one of them. This is horrible. I feel so bad for the like kids that had to coach me. But it's like a week-long camp, and then after that, you just start doing classes, like, mm-hmm. every few weeks. So I did that. Then it's, I think, as a kid, I think I went, like, three days a week. And then you start, like, private lessons one-on-one with a coach. And then starting in middle school, it became, like, four to five days a week and, like, two, three private lessons. And then in high school, it was, like, almost every day you're there. And mm-hmm. then you have, like, again, two, three private lessons. And you compete almost every weekend. It was a crazy schedule. Like, I picked my high school specifically off of, like, oh, can I miss as many classes as possible? Thanks. So, like, my high school was really weird. It was a Montessori high school, which I don't yeah, even, I don't like, want I don't want to, like, get into, like, what Montessori is. Because, like, after four years of trying to, like, explain what it is, I can't. It's just, like, a different type of educational system, which was really great. It's kind of, like, that basis of Montessori is, like, understanding that not everyone learns the same. So you work with the teachers to, like figure out what your best like learning style is and they yeah. try and like help you adapt more mm-hmm. to like real life than like in a big public school <laughs> which like Texas has big public schools. I think my best friend's graduating class was like a thousand kids. Wow. Okay, yeah. question. Especially in Houston area. Um so I obviously went to a public school growing up. Mike, I'm sure you did too. Yeah. 
do you feel like that was like the best thing for you? Do you ever think about like how different your life would be if you went to public school and for high school? Like what what did that do for you? Like with fencing? No, with the Montessori like, Rex school, high school. Like, well, uh, yeah. Um, I think about something because the like, funny thing is, is like I live right behind high school okay so like the Bel Air like high school is literally like my house and you turn the corner and there's the high school so I could have mm-hmm. easily like walked to school every day like woke it up like three minutes before class and like run on okay I don't run so like maybe <laughs> five minutes before class um and I think about it a lot I honestly like, don't know I really enjoyed my high school experience and like I really liked the fact that my grade I graduated with 19 kids wow honestly yeah I'm trying like, to count how many did you graduate <laughs> with uh, it was just like 300-ish. Yeah, close to 400. Which is like comparing like 19 kids. Like my best friend went to another like really big Houston public school with a thousand kids. So yeah. it was like very different. Um, I honestly think like I would have been a really bad student or I would have probably had to stop fencing if I went to a public school just because they're not as lenient with missing as sure. much. Yeah. Like my brother went to a magnet school for like math and science. And just because like he was such a successful fencer, they let him miss a lot. Gotcha. My brother's like a whole other story of fencing. He's like, great. And I'm like. You said he's your older brother? Yeah. And, and he like, started fencing and then you kind of. his. We started at the same time. Oh, because it was his got, friend that yeah, fenced. And then, he just got successful a lot like lo- like longer and like earlier than I did because I still haven't sure. become successful. <laughs> just kidding. So <laughs> your high school did not have a fencing team. You fenced no, with you fenced uh, club. the okay. Alliance Fencing Club. Yes. Can you tell us a little about that? Alliance Fencing Academy, best place ever. Just that shout, shout out there. Out. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta plug them. Yeah, so when I started, it was still on the smaller side of fencing clubs, but we were still one of the top-ranked fencing clubs, and we still are. So, like, it's crazy watching the 14 years, like, how much it's changed. Because when I went, it was the head coach, Andre Geva, who is, like, a family friend. So it's crazy for me, like, with fencing, all of my coaches basically were family friends. So we would spend, like, holidays with them. We would, like, all travel together, like, my family and the other two coaches' families. And then we have, like, a newer coach. She came my senior year of high school, and I call her my god sister because, like, she lived with me for a year because when she first came, like, she was trying to find an apartment. So, like, my coaches from Alliance are family, which is weird because then, like, I look at, like, some other people who aren't as close with their coaches. Mm -hmm. Oh, like, you don't just, like, hang out with your coach sometimes. Like, your families don't get together on vacation. That's so weird. It also could just be, like, a Russian thing because, like, we're also all Russian. Um, So it was a small club when I first started, and so everything was close-knit. I was also, like, one of the only girls my age for the first, like, two years. Like, everyone Mm. was a lot older than me, so I kind of just, like, hung out by myself or, like, with my brother and his friends. So now I say, like, I have, like, 17 older brothers. Maybe that's like an exaggeration. I have like 10 older brothers because like I just hung out with them all the time. And now when I come home, I think there's over like 300 people from the ages of like eight to like 70 at our fencing club. Wow. We have like, the, you know, like the youth eight classes for the beginners, which is like what I helped coach sometimes, which is like what I was when I first started fencing. I'm like, these kids are crazy. And then you have like the adult veterans class where you have like these 70 year olds. They mm-hmm. just love fencing. So where oh. where was the line between you taking like first getting into fencing, taking those private lessons into Alliance Fencing Academy? Yeah, like that was the same it was thing. The same thing. Yeah. Okay, just, like, so that's where start, you started yeah. when you were. How old were you? You said third grade. Wow. How old were you in third grade? Uh, was that like seven ish? Right. Seven or, or eight. That's seven right. or eight ish. Like yes, yeah, yeah, something like that. I think like, like twelve at the end of sixth grade. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, right. I like can't do the math of like how is this? I just know like I started fencing. Yeah. Going into third grade. So, no like, grades better than ages. Yeah. yeah. So I'm pulling. Okay, I'm gonna pull this right from this is from the Owl Sports uh, your page. Prior to Temple, you were part of the gold medal winning junior women's epee team. That's a long title. <laughs> at the 2016 Junior Olympics. This is like under your description, mm-hmm. and placed in the top 32 at the 2016 Division One NAC in Richmond. You were also a member of the 2015 cadet travel team and qualified to compete in the 2016 Junior World Cup in France. Can you tell us about like those experiences? Like <laughs> yeah. what was traveling for you through fencing like? What did you what, what did you get from those experiences? I tried a lot of good food. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why I took away <laughs> yeah. from honestly just just yeah. reading those places. Um, no, so traveling was crazy. So starting uh, the NAC stands for North American Cup. We call them NACs. So you start going to NACs, I think, when you're, like, 13, sometimes 12, and that's, like, when you travel across the country. So I've been to a lot of, like, random places in America. Um, And then when I traveled for the Cadet World's, like, traveling team, that's the youth, like, I think under 17, and then juniors is under 21. Yeah, so I traveled with Cadet for almost two years, and it was, I don't remember how many World Cups it was, but definitely, like, for a whole year, I would go to, like, you go to a NAC in October, and then you go to a World Cup, and then you have a NAC in November, and then a World Cup, a NAC in December, and then a World Cup, and so it's, like, you're traveling every few weeks, Mm -hmm. and that's, like, why I chose my high school, because they were, like, all right, cool, as long as you pass your classes, like, go and leave, you just can't have too many sick days afterwards, so, like, I wasn't allowed to get sick. So you kind of have to have perfect attendance after you miss a couple months of... but it was still, like, a lot more lenient than other schools. So, yeah, so I was traveling a lot. Um, I went to, for cadet, like, I hate talking about it because, like, some people, like, hear this and, like, oh, my God, you're just, like, so spoiled. You traveled so much. I'm, like, <laughs> no, like, I was, I didn't, like, travel leisurely. Like, you get there. But these are business trips. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like, you get there. You maybe have, like, half a day, like, go around and explore, but you're so tired. So you're, like, oh, do I explore or do mm-hmm. I sleep? My mom always forced me to go to a museum, though. So, like, I did get, like, a lot of cultural experience through mm-hmm. that. So, like, you'd go do something, and then you go to sleep, you fence, and then the next day you leave. So you really don't have a lot of time to, like, really see the places. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, you experience the food. So, yep. yeah, that's my favorite part, obviously, food. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I went to Austria. I went to Bratislava. I went to a few places in France, and then... That was, like, all – oh, I went to Sweden. That was fun. That's pretty sweet. There was a tournament, and this, like, the year I went was the last year they did this. But it was – normally World Cups are split between gender and age. So, like, I would go one place, my brother would go another. And there was one World Cup in Sweden where it was men and women, cadet and junior. So you had kids, like, literally from, like, 14 and 15 to, like, 17 – Wow. Like all at one place, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was this huge event. So my brother was there fencing, so I stayed a little longer, and it was Super Bowl weekend. So like obviously, like we all fence, and we all have like a flight to catch like on Sunday, but we're all trying to like watch the Super Bowl, but it's a different time zone, so mm-hmm. like, we really don't know what's happening. It was super crazy, and that was the same tournament where it snowed. Yeah, where it snowed, <laughs> and it was just it was a crazy experience because like you got there, it's snowing, and then you fence, and then you're like watching other people fence, and you're watching the Super Bowl, and then you're flying home, and then you have school. And you're just like, wow, I'm back at school. That's fun. But, um, yeah. I, I can crazy. imagine how the flight in Akabi, you, you come, you're in Sweden for a weekend, then you come home from a flight, then 
you're back in high school on Monday. Or yeah. like, I can imagine how, how deflating that feeling yeah. could and my be. My mom was like really strict. She's like, you're tired. I don't care. You go to school, you sleep afterwards. Because like mm-hmm. we'd obviously get like the next day, like after traveling off and practice because mm-hmm. our coaches like did not want to deal with us being jet lagged because we're all cranky like teenagers. We're like, oh, especially yeah, girls. Exactly. We're like, oh my God, like don't talk to me. I'm so tired. <laughs> like the guys are just like moody. So we get like a <laughs> exactly. day off. My mom is always like, you're tired. I don't care. You go to school because. Mm-hmm. You talked about your mom like helping you get involved in fencing and then she kind of backed off as you were in high school Like if you want to quit you want to quit. That's fine What kind of I guess relationship did you have with your mom? And what kind of influence do you think she had on your fencing career? Mm, I definitely say I was a really stubborn bratty kid so it was an up-and-down relationship Because I refused to like listen to her because I was just, you know, like 16 year old girl mm-hmm. like I'm really stubborn <laughs> um, but I think no matter what like i was acting like my mom was always like a really big supporter mm-hmm. and the reason she always asked me if i wanted to quit was not because like she wanted me to quit it was because i would just get like really emotional i would lose and i would like cry or i'd get really angry just because like i was really passionate about the sport and it took me until i was probably like 17 or 18 to start understanding like how to control my emotions because fencing is i would say like 70 to 80 percent emotion based Mm -hmm. because like if you're not thinking if you're not clear-minded like you can be skillfully like the best fencer in the world you'll still lose so you know when you're losing and you start crying you tend to lose more and then when your Mm -hmm. mom comes up to you and it's like it's okay and you're like mom don't talk to me or like you just start crying more and mom's like whoa like you hate it like quit and i was like i don't hate it youth sports yep youth sports nothing like it (laughs) nothing love it (laughs) nothing like the emotion we we put into them i know so i think like her just like willing to stand by me through all the temper all like be honest there were temper tantrums Mm -hmm. uh she i think like it helped our relationship grow closer so like now that i'm not as involved in like actually fencing my mom i would say is like my best friend and a lot of people like my mom's my best friend but i'm like no i was literally just on the phone with her before like coming in here with you guys just like talking about random stuff i saw on instagram like she has an instagram now and she loves sending me videos of like baby monkeys <laughs> sorry mom I'm that's the you. instagram content we need yeah like, exactly I like literally made her a memoji. Like she was here when I had. <laughs> she used it all the time. She uses it now, and it's always the same one. I'm like, mom, you can like make other ones, and it's the same. It's like her like smiling with hard eyes. Okay. <laughs> She's gonna say that one over and over again to you. Now the listeners cannot see, but you came in on one crutch, yeah, and with a brace around your like middle thigh, <laughs> I guess. Hip. Yeah, it's for your hip, but it's around your. Th- um, can you tell us what ha- What tell us about what happened? Because you just had surgery, you hurt your yeah, hip. Yeah, I uh, fought a bear. <laughs> there <lost>. we go. <laughs> How's the bear look? I ate it for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I had hip surgery. I tore my labrum on my right side, which a lot of people assume like you only have a labrum in your shoulders. Mm-hmm. It's almost the exact same thing, but in your hip. So it's like the cartilage between your bones. And after fencing, you know, for a while my body decided to punish me and this is actually the second surgery i had the same thing happen sophomore year so i had on the other side Mm -hmm. so i think it was just like from having surgery on one side and then i didn't want to like be a patient person so i got back into fencing like really fast i saw the doctor i think it was junior year so i saw the doctor like beginning of October I was like oh like when can I fence again he's like oh you can like start practicing again I went to a knack and I was like cool I'm competing 
I don't know if that's <laughs> why I like had to have another. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just I think it was like overcompensation. So like, what's the recovery time generally like for a torn labrum in your hip? Um, like when you came out like, of surgery, what was the first? Well, they, when the doctor said to you, "It's going to take this long before you can do this, this, and this." It ranges between six and nine months. Okay, and, and you were like two weeks. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I was like, cool. Uh, no, well, so, something wrong with me? No, I'm fine. No, so when Are I you had, good? I'm good. <laughs> when I had the last surgery, I had it in April. And then it was in October when I went back to fencing. So it was closer to like the nine month range. But with this surgery, like I'm not planning on going back to fencing. I mean, like I medically retired my senior season. Just cause like I didn't have enough credits to like justify redshirting and staying a fifth year. Cause like this semester is my last semester. I had nine credits. Sure. So like I was like, I can't somehow prolong that into one whole year. Yeah. And I didn't want to do grad school just because I don't know, like not many people do grad school for photography. Yeah. <laughs> so. Killer transition. Yeah, killer oh, transition. You, 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 killer. you gave us a transition. I, I just welcome. thank we you didn't for need that. It. But um, yeah, your you, you're you're big <laughs> in photography and you're an amazing photographer. And oh. with Temple Athletics and fencing, you kind of like. Got, got you a little bit of an end to sort of all the temple events and like you even shoot for temple athletics so sort of how did photography sort of develop a temple before we got into how photography started in general um i feel like you'd have to start like the other way like how did photography okay start all right we'll start that because i remember a few years back i did a story on you mm-hmm. and, and your photography and actually have a pretty cool story about how photography originally started for you so you if you remember it, the story? oh of course not. It, it's one of my top 10 oh i forget i i, 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 I brag about this story all right so i remember i actually talked to your uh, dad with this story but um he said when photography start, first started becoming prevalent with you was when you're about nine or ten and you guys were in israel yeah. and and you're on vacation and um you sort of just took his camera just started walking around and the reason why he had a camera is um, it might be blowing your mind. I know a lot about her family, but her, uh, her, her, yeah, yeah, her grandfather was also big into photography. So you know, her father you know had some cameras, still kind of keeping that sort of like family hobby going. And she eventually got into it, picked it up, and now we're here. We're making Cherry Tribune history. History. A co-host knows a story about an athlete. The athlete doesn't know herself. No, I know. <laughs> I know the story. I just like didn't remember if that was the one I told you because that is mm-hmm. true. Like that yeah. is how like Mike well I, told. Thank nice you, job. thank you. I, that's impressive that you remember like all. Oh, of I mean, that. It, no, it was, like, it's still two, like years ago. Oh no, it's it that 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 link. Um, that story's linked on my LinkedIn and stuff. It's one of my best stories. Uh, I feel yeah. so honored. Yeah, no, you should be. You should be. <laughs> I just I remember like being interviewed. And my coach was like, "All right, like go get interviewed." And I was like, I was so tired because I fenced the day before. Mm-hmm. I was like, sure, and I was just like, no. I remember I was, like, I, it was at a, yeah. one of the Temple Open events mm-hmm. where I think like you guys like work and, and help or yeah. uh, one of those events in the beginning of the season. So yeah, yeah like, I remember we that. Fence the first day because it's a women's event. And the next day is men's. We don't have a men's yeah. team, so we have to like ref. And I just remember. Like, yeah, I remember it was that day. I went so on the second tiring. day. Yeah. But okay, the viewers can't see this, but you guys can see this was the first picture I took where I was like, I'm gonna be a sports photographer, and I'll explain to the viewers. The picture no is not way. bad, uh-huh. but like I, it looks like it came out of a comic book. Like it was one of those like what a shot. It was um. We'll tweet it out after we uh, post it. No, we will. No, we will. Have no, to send you me can't. That. Like I, that's so funny. But um, <laughs> what's like the photo editing thing? Like iPhoto or something? Like I literally went on there. I like took the saturation all the way up. Like took like basically every setting all the way up. Yep. And I was like, look how good highlights this. all <laughs> the like, way up. Yeah. So this was probably like a year. Or so like after that happened, when we got back from like Israel and my dad was like, Hey, like you can have this expensive camera. You break it. You're done. So I like would carry this camera around. Like I'd cover it up. Mm-hmm. I would like, no one could touch it. They're like, Oh, mm-hmm. can I see your camera? I'm like, no, 
<laughs> and like, Do you remember what kind of camera it was? It was a Nikon D80, okay. I think. And I think I still had that camera until like a year or two ago. And I'm just like, so old, so cute. I love it. But um, yeah. Save for the memento. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of how I got into photography. And obviously, like, I had a lot of access to fencing because that's all I did. So I would take pictures of fencing. And then that one photo, when I took that, I was like, oh my God. I'm a sports photographer. <laughs> there it is. That so when did you take that picture? I think it was like 2011 or 12. I don't know. I was on Facebook the other day. I saw it and I like think I posted it in like maybe 2011. It was painful to look at now. But um that's kind of how it started. I did photography like for my fencing club like my coach like did not understand social media and he was like Camille like with a really like heavy Russian accent like, Camille. <laughs> let's do Instagram. So I set up like the social media. I set up the Facebook page. He was like, okay, Camille, you pick pictures. <laughs> I was like, pick or take. I don't know what he's saying. But so, like, so I like imitate his the Russian accent, accent was time. perfect. But, um, Camille, you, you take pictures. He also like starts all of a sudden. He's like, no, Camille, no, listen. And it's like, okay, new like N-E-W, like, new, like is it a noise? Like we still don't know to this day. Andre just has like his own like, language but <laughs> so i started taking pictures for them so like at every tournament it was like a responsibility so i would like go, it's a long weekend so like you go you fence and because i had to wait for my brother to finish fencing i'd be there for like four days because i would fence he would fence i would fence he would fence and so when i wasn't fencing i would be waking up at like seven or eight in the morning the next day when i should be sleeping mm-hmm. and i would go and take pictures all day and that kind of just like led into kind of picking temple because temple has a really good like media school mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all doing great things while we're doing this in an awesome studio on campus. Um, so I came here and it, I just had like a lot of access. Like mm-hmm. I would talk to my academic advisor, Damon. Shout out to Damon. Um, and he was like, you should reach out to people in athletics and see if they need someone to take pictures. And obviously like, I was traveling. So whenever I wasn't actively fencing, I was taking pictures. And so the people in charge of the fencing social media were like, hey, like, can we borrow some photos? And I was like, of course, of course you can. Of course, yes. You know, like 18-year-old, like, yeah. was like yes, yeah. I'm <laughs> famous now. And then that kind of led, like sophomore year, it was kind of when I started really taking pictures. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest hurdle you've had to overcome getting into photography? Um, I know that might be a really like, tough I'm question. Thinking, uh, I guess kind of just like self-teaching myself self-teaching well um teaching myself mm-hmm. how to do everything because my high school was so small we didn't really have a photography class so, like we didn't really have anyone to teach so i had to like and my dad obviously was like oh this is just like uh, just camera like, mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. like, yeah. my dad like understands the camera but not enough to like really be like this is how you change like all the settings he literally was like press that button it'll take a picture yeah and he's yeah. like that's how you turn off the flash and mm-hmm. I was like, cool thanks so i just like messed around with cameras and YouTube is a really good friend. Mm-hmm. And then coming here, shout out to Zamani, who is literally like one of the best photographers ever and also one of the nicest people. Mm-hmm. He's always like willing. I messaged him even today and was like, how do I do this? And he's just always willing to help. So just like admitting that I don't know what mm-hmm. I'm doing sometimes sure. because people like look at my photos and they're like, you're so good. And I'm like, don't know what I'm doing. Yes. So with events almost every week, every other week, the you always had your camera with you, so it was just a lot of trial and error too. Yeah. I mean, you guys saw the photo. So there's a lot of 
error. <laughs> yeah, a lot of trial and error. Yeah, just and just like, abusing all the all the settings in Lightroom and everything like that. Yeah, learning how to like use Lightroom on my own, which is like most people like learn how to do stuff by themselves. So it's not like I'm the only one. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely like I didn't really have the access as like some. I know a lot of public schools will have like their like classes. I don't know what, what they're called. Like, classes yeah, you could take for, like, like a classes for, uh, for like, and TV learn the studio yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. media stuff. Learning the Adobe Suite a little bit. Freshman year, like I would take all the like basic MSP courses, and everyone's like, "Yeah, I worked for like my campus like TV," and I was like, "I graduated with 19 kids. I think my school was the size of this room, <laughs> yeah. so I don't know what I'm doing." Yeah, I can't relate. What are some of the coolest experiences about being a photographer? Like just whether you're a Temple or, or prior. Um, when Kevin Nagandi posted my photo on his social media. Well, <laughs> me I'm, me I'm and Sam actually, story. like, right. talked about so, that before you came in. I told Mike before, I was like, so, yeah, before the Nova game, I tweeted a couple pictures, some warm-ups, and one of them was, like, a pretty good picture. I actually showed you the picture yeah, um, that I took of Kevin it. Nagandi, and it was, like, it was okay, but it wasn't great, and he liked it and retweeted it, and I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. Then I saw that your picture was tweeted, like, later, I was like, wow. That is way, way, way better than my picture. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, I look at the picture. It's literally the exact same yeah. moment. It's from a different angle. You framed it a little differently, but, like, your picture came out way. I mean, my my picture's, like, it's okay, but, like, yeah, your you're, picture you're was fine, way Sam. better. And he, he actually replied and said he loved it. It was his favorite picture. I know. It was a really cute picture of him and his son. <laughs> it was, I was just, like, doing homework. I was like, no, like, Sunday. Or, like, I was Monday, saying to Mike, I was like, I, like, I don't want to do tell homework. this story. <laughs> <on> yeah. <the> <laughs> Yeah, and all of a sudden, like, everyone's like, check your Twitter, check your Twitter. I was like, I don't use my Twitter. I literally made a Twitter when I was part of Owl Sports Update mm-hmm. for a semester. And they're like, like, you need a Twitter handle so when you get, like, your packages done, like, we can put it on. So I was like, fine, I'll make a Twitter. <laughs> and they're like, everyone uses Twitter. Like, you need a Twitter. So I think I posted, like, three things on there. Like, maybe, like, retweeted something that I was part of. Mm-hmm. And then I have not used it until the Kevin Agandhi moment. And I was like... Maybe it's time. Retweet. <laughs> no, I'm still like, I just like I don't understand how to use Twitter. And Any I more feel Instagram like, girl? Yeah, I love Instagram. Uh, for pictures, I mean, for photography, it exactly. makes a lot of sense. And it's just like, I don't know, I just like Instagram a lot better. I like the format. Twitter kind of just like, every time I try and press something. Twitter's a like, free for all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it I'll really like, is. I try and like retweet it and it's like responding and I'm like, no, I just want to retweet it. No, I don't want to comment. <laughs> I'm still learning, guys. A lot of words to read, (laughs) things like that. You know, Instagram, just a picture. I don't even need the caption. Exactly. I'm not sure you'll be able to answer this question, but do you have, like, a top three, top five, top even one of, like, that was one of the best pictures I've ever taken? Sharif Finch walking out of the tunnel my sophomore year against the Houston game, and he's putting on his helmet. Most of the players walk out of the tunnel with their helmet on. Sharif literally walked out. He was putting it on. I got the photo. Literally my favorite photo ever. I think I think I know which one you're talking yeah, about. I love that you had an answer. You didn't even oh, like, flinch yeah. for that. The moment you're like, I don't know if you can answer, and I was like, No, yep, I have. Yep. I remember I took that photo. It was the first football game also I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people are like, you know, like every time you like do something, like you're just gonna keep working up from it. No, I like really like, messed up. I took one of the best photos of my life the first game before the game even started. He was walking out of the tunnel. And I yeah. saw it. I was like. I'm going downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is it. I peaked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. It'd it, it be like photo. that. Some other people will say, like, I have a picture of Benny Walls, like, coming out through the smoke, and it's just, like, this red smoke, and he's running, and everyone loves that photo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys, like, look at the Sharif photo, and, like, people, like, he, he's wearing, like, the mouth guard thing, and people, like, he looks like he has a pacifier in his mouth, and I was like, you don't know sports. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to comment <laughs> yep. on the photo. Exactly. It's yeah. funny. That's, like, so I guess our final question before we let you go, I read that you enjoy singing opera. No, 
You don't want to talk about it? <laughs> no, no, I can talk about it, but I will not sing for you. <laughs> oh, no, 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 we're not going to ask that. We're not going to ask that. Yeah, we won't do that. Oh, we won't do that. Okay. <laughs> just tell us. No, no, just tell us about it. You don't have to All do right. it. Yeah. So in middle school, you had to take either like, you had to take some sort of like art. And I took like, you know, a drawing class. And my close friend in middle school took a music class. And then one day we were just like messing around. I was a musical theater kid in middle school, like, it was like Pirates of Penzance and like Oliver Twist. And I was like, oh, I'm so cool. <laughs> and I was like always in the chorus, like in the back, you know, like not important. Wow, I just got really far with my, like not important characters. Mm -hmm. But she would go in the music class. She's like, let's just like mess around and sing. And I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. <laughs> so like I did like really small like shows. You know, it's middle school. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. Everyone kind of sounds nasally and like imperfect because we don't know what we're doing. And I remember my mom was like, if you want to do singing, that's fine. You're doing opera, though. And it was a struggle because I was like, I don't want to do opera. <laughs> Opera's for old people. And she's like, opera is like how you learn how to control your voice. And she's like, all top singers like Nicki Minaj did opera. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never actually heard her sing opera. But like, even she says like she credits it to like how she's able to rap for so long without breathing. So like eighth grade I started taking singing lessons it lasted through high school I think I even did it like after freshman year like I came home for the summer I took lessons it was fun not good enough to do anything <laughs> with it not, not to that. be a division one opera singer yeah not you know maybe like <laughs> division three <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and I definitely think like it helped me with fencing because one big thing with fencing is you scream not everyone does, but, like, you get a point, you scream. It's kind of like with tennis. Like, mm -hmm. you grunt when you hit. Just so you have, like, all this adrenaline. Just, mm -hmm. like, you let it out. And mm -hmm. actually, like, one of my coaches, Sergey, who's walking me out for senior day, which is super exciting. So if you guys are there, you'll see him. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I was losing or, like, I just felt frustrated. He would tell me, like, you get a point, you scream. So, like, every time I'd fence, like, in Russian, he's like, gula, 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 which means voice. And so singing opera obviously like, made my scream really powerful yeah <laughs> and it was like it's not the best thing when you're when we go to penn state i'm pretty sure like the size of the room we're fencing is like a little bit bigger than the studio and it used to have like padding on the wall so everything echoed in the room and i would like get a point i'd scream and i'd literally stop myself and be like oh, <laughs> i could hear the echo <laughs> but that's intimidating though i know it's intimidating like i know like in high school a lot of people are like, oh, friends and Camille, like, her scream is so loud. <laughs> so then they would try and beat me, and I'm like, sorry. I would win. I'd scream, and they're like, oh, her scream. <laughs> but at the same time, you knew I was winning. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in convention centers for these snacks. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, across the room, and you're like, mm, Camille won. Yeah. So, yeah, so opera kind of just gave me, like, confidence, but, like, I'm not that Scream cool. heard around the convention center. Exactly. Is opera on your playlist? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like I like it and like my mom and I will listen to it and we'll like mm -hmm. listen to songs and like I didn't just sing opera I sang I I was the first student that my teacher like ever was like all right like we don't have to strictly do opera like I got her to do some like Michael Bublé some jazz Nina gotcha. Simone like Adele like she now like opened up into mm -hmm. musical theater stuff also so you're welcome to everyone who's singing with this teacher now well, Camille, we won't press you on opera sing anymore. Yeah, we're definitely we're not going to make you sing in studio right now, but we appreciate you coming on. Thanks for it's having me. It's been a pleasure me. having you. Mike, it's been good. Nah, it's been fun. It's an awesome episode. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you.